0: hello and welcome to the velodrome podcast it's episode three and we really thank you for listening i'm steve your host some of you may know me as the vela 21 guy but today i'm your host on this velodrome podcast so we have another great guest lined up for you today talking all things bikes and cycling so let's dive straight into episode three we are talking to it's bradley phelps aka cycling brad hello and welcome to the velodrome podcast
1: Hello, thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, no problems. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, what I'm going to do with all our guests now is just quickly talk about the way that um, we know each other and how this person has come onto the podcast. So, just Instagram buddies, unfortunately, we've never actually met each other either. I'd love to go <laughs> for a ride with Brad sometimes. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we are, we've followed each other for a few years now, I'd say, and we've been messaging it's each other. It's-
1: yeah, how many years? It's been a fair few years, isn't it? I've yeah, I'd say
0: Yeah, I, I th- off the top of my, your name was Cycling thirty three, I think, when I first started following you. You had about six thousand ish followers, and now you're pushing what thirty five thousand? Yeah. So it's thirty four.
1: Yeah, thirty four. I had for, a bit of a
0: clear out recently. Yeah.
1: Lot of
0: spam yeah, that's it. And then sometimes you want the quality rather than the quantity, don't you really? So it's it's best yeah. to get that clear out and uh, get the engagement back up again. So as we're talking about Insta- exactly. Instagram, so your Instagram account to cycling Brad, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. If you don't follow Brad, I 100% recommend that you do. Um So yeah, it's um, cycling Brad underscore. Um, did you start it as a cycling account or was it already an account you had and you and you swapped it up?
1: No. So actually it was just a normal kind of, you know, normal blokes. Here's my dinner. Here's a picture of a barbecue. Here's a picture of my dog. Um, and so it kind of it just set off as, yeah, just a normal Instagram account. And then I discovered cycling um, because basically I was really into the gym. But I realized that I was getting bigger and bigger and not in a good way and I was like I need to do some cardio um, so I thought oh I know I'll ride to the gym and back and uh, so that's what I did I bought a really cheap bike and then I did my first ride it was like four miles and I absolutely loved it and I thought oh this is quite good and then kind of took a photo of the bike and put that on there and then over time I was like actually do you know what maybe I should just make this about Cycling, Mm. just pure cycling. So I went through and I deleted everything bar the cycling things, and that's kind of how it started. So it was, you know, a normal Instagram account which kind of morphed into a cycling account.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: um, Because I thought, well, that that that's a good way to, you know, to have instead of just being random photos that only my friends are going to appreciate. Which is funny actually now because most of my friends don't follow me (laughs) because they're sick of all the bike posts.
0: And then, obviously, like with the, your style of, of photos and things, you must be into your photography and stuff as well because they they are next level. Really, they're not just point and shoot either. There is a bit of
1: skill involved there. So you, implement... yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of a bit of love in there. I think uh, it was uh, well. I mean, yeah, I think it's like anything. The more you practice, the better you get. And uh, I, you know, I just. I was out and I was doing, you know, I was cycling and it would be in the sunset and, or in the sunrise and I'd be like, oh, that's a nice photo, take it. And then that was it really, I just left it. And then over the years, you kind of discover editing photos and different ways to take photos. And then as the account grew, it kind of grew my passion for taking photos as well. So it kind of like went hand in hand. Okay, good. Um, But yeah
0: yeah so um what's your relationship like with instagram do you love it or hate it because me personally i'm if i didn't have fellow 21 i wouldn't be a photographer i wouldn't stop and take photos um and i feel i do have to do that for the gram as they say so what's your relationship like with instagram
1: do you know what i used to love it and now i sort of tolerate it i think It's changed so much, it's all algorithms, it's all this, it's all that and it's it's really hit and miss. And I think the problem is, like I know some really good accounts and people and photographers that do all sorts, they don't just do biking, they do hiking or they take pictures professionally and they just don't get the exposure. But then like, you know, you can put you can put something up and it'll just catch the algorithm and it's away and it's just i uh, you know 2018 for me was probably the best year on instagram because you had natural growth it wasn't all oh, you need to like this and do this and do this and there's all these hoops to jump through it was just you took a good photo and people saw it or you did a, well, i don't think they did video back then but and now it, it, they're trying to compete with tiktok aren't they so it, it's a video site now yeah. photos are very much second um but my account recently was kind of flatlining and not doing very well and I had a poke around and it basically said you know there's all these things you can do and I thought oh with, with, with any of this work kind of like you know spend half an hour before you post liking and interacting with stuff post and then spend another half an hour interacting like. In line and to be fair that has been quite successful but again it's like oh really so now when I you know it's bad enough trying to fit time to edit and or do whatever and then i've got to sit there for half an hour and another half an hour so an hour out of my day you know tickling the algorithm to try and get it yeah so yeah it's it's a bit unfortunate really like you say
0: with that algorithm you've got to tickle it a little bit it's instagram's become the highest paid um for advertising now out of all the social media platforms and obviously they want you to spend Mm -hmm. that time scrolling so they can target you with the the ads that's the only reason why it's there so (laughs) like you say it's a bit of a shame really that you've got to jump through those hoops to
1: and i read that they were they were on about charging a monthly fee and it was like i don't know it was 10 pound a month but it would it would boost your chances on the algorithm you're thinking really so now it's like hey pay to win almost not win but yeah pay to succeed and i don't i don't like the idea of that now (laughs) if they remove the adverts and it was 10 pound a month i'd probably do that because you know, okay. I think that's worth it. Because you know, you go through the stories and it's one story, three adverts, one story, three adverts, yeah. and it gets tiring basically. Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I mean, but then I, I couldn't just walk away from it now. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it's too ingrained in me.
0: Yeah, it's, um, and like you say, being targeted with ads at the minute, I keep on getting targeted with helicopters and the way out of my. Budget. i don't know why i keep on getting targeted with helicopters but that's the one i, I keep seeing at the minute um so yeah touching on... i was gonna
1: say you're not telling me something. i know yeah
0: fellow <laughs> 21's doing really well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you touched on it a little bit obviously you were, you were a gym guy um and then bought a cheap bike um which i did notice i'd seen it years and years ago that it was a viking bike which is yeah. uh, a, a it was not the best brand. I mean it's a Wolverhampton brand, which is the town the no. where I'm from. They don't do high end bikes, they only really do budget budget bikes, don't they really? So tell us a little bit about that yeah. particular bike.
1: Yeah, so that was that was me trying to spend not a lot of money. Just to, it was just to put my toe in and I do this a lot with all of my hobbies that I've been into. It's like I'll spend a bit. Just to see if I like it because I'm like, well, if I spend loads and I don't like it, I've, I've, I've potentially wasted that money. So this, I think I got it off eBay. It was 189 pound, bright green. You know, um, the brakes didn't work. It it was massive. Um, it had shifters on the handlebars. You know, and um, but I got on it and I loved it and it was brilliant. And uh, and then as soon as I was like, okay, well now I need a better bike. Uh, and I think I did 800 miles on it before I uh, I sold it. I think I sold it for half of what I paid for it. But it kind of gave me that bug yes. for cycling, um, and that was it. Then it's kind of like you know, how much do you want to spend? Because you can spend a fortune, mm-hmm. can't you? Uh, and then I think I upgraded to a thousand pound bike, which at the time was a lot of money. But now you know you you can't even get an entry level for that now, really. Unfortunately, was that a, f- a four? Me from.
0: Right I was...
1: uh, No, it was a cube, a cube, cube, uh, cube Peloton.
0: Sorry. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm a big fan of cubes. Actually, they're, they're they're good value bikes. To be honest, yeah, I've had a few cubes over the years. Okay, and uh... yeah, the the, the green the green Viking was uh, was uh, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> the best bike, but it was a good bike. And I I think that's the thing I would say to anyone that wants to get into cycling. Like, you don't have to spend thousands of pounds you know you can get and to be honest i'd probably recommend anyone wanting to get into it to go second hand initially because you know i think now that covid's over the prices are starting to come down yeah you know and you can pick up some really nice second hand bikes for well however much you want to spend really
0: so what other bikes
1: have you got at the moment then so at the moment i've got three bikes two road bikes and a gravel bike which is i've got my custom sprayed merida um I, I didn't mean to, but I ended up buying an Orbea Orca Aero uh, just, when was it? After Christmas, because it was just such a good price and I've always wanted one. So I've ended up with that. And I've had uh, a Canyon Grail gravel bike through the cycle to work scheme, which the Canyon Grail is fantastic. I love the gravel bike. Like, it's so much fun. Um, but I'll always do road as well. Yeah. Um, but it's a toss up now between, I think I'm going to keep the Orbea and maybe... Sell the Merida. Oh, okay. Because um, I don't really need two road bikes.
0: Because obviously they're quite similar but... as well, aren't they? Like they're both sort of aero. Yeah. And they're quite si- obviously. The, the... Aero bike. Aero is everything. It is, of course. I'm exactly <laughs> the same. Canyon Aeroed. And yeah, to me, you know, <laughs> I'm like. I wear a skin suit most of the time because I don't know. It's just ingrained in me. It's just. Extra speed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I can just I can just finish that loop just a couple of seconds faster, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um yeah,
1: proper, said like a proper that's
0: it. So uh a couple of years back you rode every day for one year, um, which is a challenge in itself, mm. obviously with the weather, ice and all those conditions that yeah. come with it. Um, even in the, that's in the summer, isn't it? It's like, you know, how did you manage that? How did you cope with it throughout the year?
1: So it was an interesting one because it didn't it didn't really start off as that challenge. It kind of, I think we, it was between twenty seventeen uh, 2016 and 20, April 2016 and April 2017. And we'd had, as per usual, a really rubbish start to the year, raining all the time. And uh, I hadn't been out for a week and I thought, right, I'm going to ride every day this week. So I did, you know, I got to three days in, I didn't feel too bad, four or five, got to the week and I was like, well, that wasn't too bad. Maybe I could do two weeks. So I got to two weeks and then I got to a month and I was like, maybe I'll just keep this going. So, and then, yeah, I just went out every day, come rain or shine. Didn't matter what the weather was. Got to, uh, I mean, it was starting to hurt after like 300 days, but Mm -hmm. got towards the end and I got the flu, um, got the actual flu. It was Mm -hmm. right around my birthday in February. And I thought, well, this is it. It's, you know, it's done. It's game over. I, I just... I was sweating. I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed. And I put this post on, I think it was Instagram actually. And I just put like, it's over. And the people were all messaging me, go, well, not you just go down the road, just do like 400 meters or something. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. And uh, in the end I was like, no, I need to, like, I've got to do it. So I put a hoodie on and some trainers and I literally, I think I did half a mile
0: mm-hmm.
1: road, literally down the road, came back, felt horrible and it kept it going. And that week, I think I only did about 70 miles or something. Mm. But it wasn't good, actually, because I kept going back out. And I was nearly over it. And then it kept bringing me back down, bringing me back down. But got through it. And then, uh, yeah, and then it it, it wasn't. And then on the last day, uh, me and two friends, we rode from Birmingham to Western Supermare and back, Mm. you know, just to really finish me off. (laughs) Um, And that was my longest ride to date, which was 227 miles. Wow. Um, So, yeah, that that properly finished me off. And I I really enjoyed my day off
0: the next day. (laughs) What was the distance throughout that 365 days? So it was
1: 15,416 miles, I believe. And I think it averaged out about 42 miles a day on average. Wow. But this was like, I was going out twice a day. I was going out before work, after work. You know, on the weekend, I was up at six. And I wouldn't. I would come. You know, I'd be doing fifty, sixty miles on the, every day on the weekend. Mm. I was just absolutely. Obsessed. I was obsessed with it. Like, and it be, it be, it can become obsessional. Mm. And that was the thing. You know, I had all these people on Strava, and they would, they'd go out and they'd do fifty mile ride, and we're like, right, I need to do fifty five. I've got to do more than that person. Mm. And it it did like it's good and it's bad because it's like it's a challenge. Yeah. But when it becomes obsession yes you become. you know it's a problem Then, and mm-hmm. i think you know during that period it, it was a problem and i was going out even though i didn't really want to um and nowadays i go out when i want to yeah i don't go out when it rains i don't i'm not you know if someone does 100 miles on my strava i'm like oh, fair play but it doesn't yeah. there's not that kind of urge to go out and do it um and i think the problem is with that you, you know what you do you get you Do I don't know you do 15,000 miles in a year? Well, where'd you go from there? Yeah, well, you've got to do more, or you know, and it would just never end, yeah. You know, and the, the first couple, I think the first year I started cycling, I did 6,000 miles or something, and then it was eight, and then it was 10, and then it was 12, 15, and it was just unsustainable, yeah. Um, so now I probably average about 6,000 a year, yeah. but yeah. that's perfect, yeah, because they're more enjoyable miles. Yeah, and um, like you say, you. Do yeah, on, and I don't think they'd have the time now.
0: Yeah, on, you're doing it on your own terms, when you want to go. When, like you say, <laughs> the weather at the minute we're having quite a bad start to the year. It's been pretty wet um, mm-hmm. and windy as well. If it's if it's not raining, it's. A gale, blowing a gale it's it's like it's
1: terrible for cyclists at the moment
0: isn't it um do you have any i did
1: i put that on my driver the other day yeah. i was like if it's not raining or windy, <laughs> is it even a uk ride
0: um do you have any uh big cycling goals for 2023 or anything lined up
1: um i don't actually to be honest i'm kind of I don't do any sportifs or anything like mm. that anymore. I just kind of ride for fun. Yeah. Um, I, there was, I've got a few ideas as um, to whether I'll do them. I'd love to try. The thing I wanted to do last year was I want to try and ride as far as I can in 24 hours. Mm. Um, that's something I've had on my radar for a while. But uh, I do like um, there's this app, this UK Climbs app. And, you, yes. can, you know, there's hundreds of climbs all around the UK. And I quite like driving over. I do drive to them. And I'll do five or six, yes. um, you know, that are close by. And it's yes. it's good fun because it gets you out and about and you get to experience all these different climbs. Yeah, um, I haven't done any recently, actually, again, because the weather's been so bad. Mm-hmm. But it does, you know, like me and my friend, we went to Wales last week on the road bikes. And that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like going mm-hmm. further afield now because you end up, just you know you ride the same roads within what 20 30 miles all the time yeah so it is nice to get further afield even if that does mean driving which some people probably disagree with but um I, I think it's worth it just for the change of scenery
0: yeah because I've obviously as I said I've followed you for a few years now and I've seen you do that over time to time and you tend to do like you don't just go to one you find one sort of area then you'll you maybe do another 30 mile drive another 30 mile drive in between those climbs so you really do get about and and get a few ticked off in that time because i remember you you came quite close to me at the one time i was working at the time i thought oh it's only around the corner kind of thing and then you were by the time I messaged you you you'd gone you were like
1: oh i've done that one and then Uh, i'm on to the next one um yeah the thing is it's it and people might say, well, you know, I think the the one day I did 350 miles in the car and I'd ridden like 20 miles or something effectively. Mm. But I was like, but you're effectively doing five or six FTP efforts up up these hills because I wanted to get a good time on them. Uh, and I just found it really enjoyable because, you know, I'm driving. And I quite like driving. Uh, I put a podcast on or some music and just have a nice chill. It was like a day out, basically, mm. um, because I've done all the ones around here. Um, and there's loads. There's hun- there's hundreds in Wales, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is a good way of exploring the country. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like you say, it's your hobby as well, isn't it? It's, you know, it's what you like to do. So then it's like, why not go out for the yeah. day and explore these different places? And I think sometimes riding some on something by bicycle, you just you see it so much better than you ever would in a car anyway like you know you're going up these these climbs and things and like you say you you put you know i've looked on your stravas and things on these on these segments obviously they're usually the the number climbs aren't at the top 100 and they're always the segments are number 38 or whatever and you're putting out big efforts you know you sort of 350 400 watts for these these times like you say you're doing an ftp effort each time so you're definitely getting the, the work in as well, which is great. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah no, I, I I would recommend doing them. Um the apps I, I can't remember I think it is just called the UK Climbs app or something like that, official UK Climbs app. And you can just do it by, you know, county or mm. uh I think you can do it I think there's one for Wales, one for Scotland, things like that. And I, I think it's a couple of quid. To, you know, to download them. But it's one guy and I think he's basically just ridden these and yeah. he gets recommended them, but he won't put them on there unless he's ridden them. Yes. Um and there they, you know, there's not been there's only been a couple, handful I'd say, that are you think you go there and you think, oh, that was a bit that was a bit rubbish really. Yeah. Um, but most of them are pretty pretty hard or pretty fun so yep. with a good view usually.
0: Because that was the one by me was pretty rubbish to be honest, because it's in Bridge North and there's some lovely climbs in Bridge North. Uh, but the, the one they've picked, Jiggers Bank, is a, a bit of a but it's yeah. it's good <laughs> it's good for power. Like you can kind of sit and, and get a good amount of power out. But views it's rubbish. There's a set of traffic lights yeah. that you're always yeah. going to hit. Are they still there? Yeah. Well, there's there's a there's a, the thinning of the bridge and there's a, a full time set of lights there, uh, yeah. and there's normally temporary yeah. lights as well, just for good measure. But yeah, it's a and there's no. I
1: thought you were going to say diggers bank.
0: Yeah, there's no view near the top either. You get to the top and you just can't no, like just a roundabout. Yeah, view. and you just get to the and it's like oh, can we down the other side into, onto a main road? It's there's just nothing. I don't know why out of all the climbs in bridge north i don't know why you picked that one to be honest it just seems really yeah, random right. it's it's an easier one um out of the ones that are there so i don't know whether it was just the fact that you know sometimes that they're, they're more inclusive to try and say oh yeah there's some tough ones these are tough these are tough these are tough this one's quite an easy one kind yeah. of thing and just to get that sort of mixing um while you're out on the bike, what do you um, mm. use for fuel? What's your kind of go-to snack or
1: energy bar or whatever while, um, while you're riding? This is this will upset loads of people. Uh-huh. Do you know what? I don't eat much on the bike. Okay, I, I, um, I tend to I tend to eat a bit before I go, and I'll, and I'll fuel up, you know, hydrate, and then I tend to just go and try and get back. I mean, if it's over. 40 miles i would probably take something mm-hmm. i'm not going to say like i don't eat anything um but i've got so used to like not eating and drinking on the bike that i kind of just go out and it's like an afterthought mm-hmm. but um my go-to would probably be um blocks the little gel the little jelly um i don't know they're like little cliff, cubes cliff. i find those quite good they do, that's it cliff, cliff blocks, cliff blocks yeah.
0: yeah yeah i've seen those yeah yeah
1: I, I do like those
0: yeah what are my um
1: and they're um better than gels i think because gels can get quite
0: sickly. yeah um very sweet aren't they as well and not everyone can stomach a gel mm -hmm. um so sometimes it is good to have a bit of a a different alternative one of my friends is quite similar to that that you know we've gone out on rides sometimes and he'll say he hasn't had any breakfast and i like to me i I can't even even if i do like an hour turbo or something in the morning i can't without having something to eat i'll eat a bowl of cereal and a banana or something just really quick if i've got up in the morning to do something yeah. um if i'm going out on a ride it's got to be porridge i've got to eat a decent amount of porridge and then i've got a few i just can't seem to store it i've got to i've got to eat i'm like just
1: chugging it down i do and it, it's interesting because obviously people say oh, oh well, you know you're losing performance and you're losing this and you're losing that and i'm like well yeah true probably am um but it's just how i've got used to it was mainly from that year of riding to be honest because mm. just go straight out the door yeah. I wouldn't think about it and I, and then I'd be out and I'd be like oh yeah I haven't bought a drink or I haven't bought this or I haven't done this and you kind of get used to just running on empty yeah. and I'm not recommending people do that because it's silly but you know if, you, if you're used to it then uh, it be, does become easier yeah um, so yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty bad at that okay <laughs> So, have you
0: ever fancied racing? I said, just one out of the blue. I get that
1: question a lot.
0: Yeah, I think you. Obviously, you've um, got good power. I think you'd be a good TT
1: rider. Yeah, it's it's it, the only thing that's ever put me off racing is the crashing, yeah. and I don't think not not my ability, but obviously other people's. But that's why I think, like you say, I'd probably be good on the TT because you're you're on your own, effectively. Um, so it is something I've thought about but the opportunity's never really come up and I haven't really chased it Yeah. Um, so I would like to but it's not something I've done yet Yeah. I think I'm too competitive as well and I'd hate hate losing (laughs) yeah I
0: dabbled in it a little bit Um, and I mean I'm fully self-employed and that was one thing that always was in the back of my mind every time I'd go out uh, racing if there's a crash here and you break your arm or something you're stuffed it's -hmm. yeah obviously there is always you know there's an element of danger to what you do anyway you know something could always happen you could fall off as you're coming down a descent or whatever you know touch wood it's it's one of those things you know it's not worth saying but yeah there's an element of danger to everything but there is a greater risk in that bunch especially with a a cat four race for instance it's a, a bit of a like running joke really that it's it's going to happen, it's inev- inevitable that it's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, luckily, I was fortunate enough never to be involved in one. I saw them and that happened in front of me, um, but I've n- luckily, I was never taking over one. But I don't fancy going back to it now. It was something you perhaps touched on a little bit earlier that it becomes a bit obsessional, and I felt I was mm. really trying to focus on the track i mean it brought me on my cycling in 2018 was probably the best it's ever been and and better than i am now it brought me on but like Mm -hmm. you say to that point where it was getting really obsessional um where that would be the only thing i'd focus on really and i'm almost glad i've moved away from it from the from the pressures of it
1: um but did you have a coach? I'm I'm interviewing you now. Did you did you co- did you coach yourself or did you have a coach? Yeah, I had a um
0: no, not at the time, no. I've had a coach since, um, but I didn't at that time. It was more of a case of right, okay. I I kinda looked at generic sort of training plans and and just ah, okay. push myself to sort of five times a week, a couple of rest days, um, and then hitting so yeah, I was probably only doing about sort of not mega miles. So I was probably only doing about one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty miles. Um, but I've yeah. got a young, I've got a young family, and it's it's that thing that you know it's very time consuming, isn't it? Cycling it's a great sport, but it's incredibly time consuming. Um, and I think that's
1: where I'm struggling a little bit now, to be honest. But um, I think that's it is it's such a time consuming hobby, and I think that's the problem, isn't it? Like I was quite lucky when you know. Uh, my partner at the time wasn't really interested in the biking and kind of slept in on on the weekends, mm. so it gave me the ample opportunity to get out of my bike. Um, you know, and nowadays, like I'm, I'm I'm seeing someone at the moment, and uh, you know, our time is a bit more important, so the cycling's kind of you know, can I squeeze it in? Mm. Uh, what you know, in between this and this and this, which is fine. I, as I say, it doesn't bother me anymore, and I quite enjoy that kind of actually. I don't need to go off for six hours, you know, it's an hour or two and, uh, I enjoy it more, yeah. but that I, I did, I did consider racing, but I, like having a coach, I think like, you know, oh, you can only do this today and you can only do that. And you're like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think I'm always surprised at how little you have to do when you're coached almost. Yeah. And like, cause you think, oh, you've got to do hundreds of miles a week when actually the reality is not like that. Yeah.
0: I do. uh, I think um, when I did have the coach, like I I had a a good um, training pro off Simon, who was on the first podcast. Um,
1: Ah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really brought me on. Um, I was with him for a good few months, and it, it it was more about not just gaining that extra in the FTP. It was more about kind of that aerobic engine and everything else that goes with it. So it wasn't just that out and out. Up in the power and like you say it wasn't a case of hundreds and hundreds of hours it was more structured okay we're going to do this effort for this amount of time for this amount of time which was difficult to do out on that he always suggested you could you could choose between out on the road or on Zwift it was difficult to do it out on the road because you try and sort of hit a certain power output say you had to do 300 watts for five minutes it'd be almost impossible yeah. to do because you couldn't just yeah. be right because you'd hit a roundabout or there'd be some traffic lights or there'd be some, something something being in the way yeah. um
1: something's always in the way actually.
0: yeah or you know or trying to hit a certain cadence and do something as well or you know it's it's always tricky but they are good it there's there's a balance between it really like you know if if you're looking to gain fitness quickly that they are a fantastic thing to do if you're just doing it for a little bit of fun maybe they're not for you that's the the sort of way yeah. it, up, you know. So it's yeah interesting really to
1: I think that was the thing with like I've only just recently got a turbo. I was dead against turbos. I was like yes. no, do it out on the road, do it out on the road. But in the winter I have to, I was dead against Swift and I have to admit it is quite good and it's a very good training tool but as soon as it well so as soon as March hit, I cancelled Zwift, yeah, um although I wish I'd have kept it going with the weather with the, with the weather the way it is at the moment, but it is a very good train, and i only I only literally like a month and a half ago tried one of the workouts, yes. and I was like, actually that was fantastic, and it's good like you say if you're time pressed and you've got kids or you've got commitments, you know you can just do an hour. And it's hard. Mm. It's probably the equivalent of two hours on the road because, like you say, you have to slow down for junctions or cars or pedestrians. Mm. You know, you never get that solid hour on the road.
0: Yeah, it's. um, I always feel uh, kind of riding on the turbo is like constantly riding uphill because you never stop. You never stop. There's never a time when you're riding on the turbo. Pedal, 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 and you'll you'll coast for thirty seconds. You don't do it at all, so you're constantly right. putting some power out, put for that full hour. Um, like you say, it's, it's almost like doing two. Um, so yeah, as it, that structured thing. It's, and like you say, there's there's plenty of workouts on there. Even if you really push for time, there's some that are sort of sub thirty minutes that can really get a, a yeah. decent leg workout in in a short space of time. So being time pressed, it is good, but like you said, as we talked about, you were really against it, and it was one thing I wanted to talk to you about because, obviously, on your <laughs> Instagram, you'd made it very clear that you're very against it. And to be fair, <laughs> to be fair though, and another reason why you're saying it's not real mileage, and you don't count it towards mm-hmm. your Strava you at all, it's not; it does not go no. on your uh, yearly mileage at all, which I think is fair.
1: no Yeah, it was only because I wanted to, I thought like it would muddy the water. Because I I am a bit of a stats man, obviously, as I said, like not to the level I was. But, you know, this year I've like literally last night just gone over a thousand miles, which is nothing really in three months. But it's three, it's a thousand miles on the road. Whereas if I'd have added my Zwift in, it might be 1500, but I won't know what's road, what's off road, uh, what's on the turbo. so I just wanted to keep it because like Zwift tracks it all anyway. So, but like you know, I'd go on I'd go on Strava and it's like Zwift, 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 Zwift. And I'm like, I just want to see someone's actual real ride sometimes. And uh, over the winter, it's all Zwift rides. And I was just like, I wish they. To be honest, I've been on about this for ages. I still wish they'd add a filter, you know, commutes, virtual ride, and real ride, or you, you know, outside ride, and then you can filter.
0: You can do it now um but not it's
1: it's only for um i don't
0: think it does your overall mileage you, do you know when you get it to the it's got you you kind of weekly and you've got that graph that's going up and down up and down up and down oh, yeah. there's an option now you can press in that and it takes it takes it out um but i don't oh, okay i, I, know I don't
1: oh, every day of the school day <laughs> that's
0: it i don't think it removes it from your total though that's just like total. that that gra- yeah. that graph that graph um, it just removes it from that. Yeah, you've got virtual ride, or it just says ride. I think I don't think it uh, says outside ride, but yeah, vir- virtual ride. um And then when you've got the one thing selected, it's everything. And then you press virtual ride, and then it can remove it for, for all you. So that they are sort uh, of okay. sort of starting to look at that because I think as well sometimes it's a, yeah. it's a bit like like you say you did fifteen thousand miles one year. If you had been on a turbo as well in that especially, you know, a lot of people just ride that sort of flat section and they're averaging like sort of 20, 28, 29 miles an hour sometimes mm-hmm. if they're in a group yeah. and no one can do that out on the road unless they're in the pro peloton, <laughs> you know so it's, no. it's a bit biased towards the mileage as well isn't it it's not, like you say, it's not real miles and then it's a bit generous anyway
1: and I think people would probably, you know, people might be listening to this, going, oh, you know, well, it doesn't, you know, it's this and it's that, and it's like, well, yeah, that's fine. I like, mm. I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't count. I'm just saying for me, it, it doesn't do it for me. Like, and I want to keep them separate. Mm. Um, but like I say, it's an, it's an amazing training tool, and I, you know, I am, a, I'm quite a fan of it. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just think, it, you know, having knocked it without trying it and then trying it, I was like, actually, this is really good. Uh, especially in those cold winter months, which you know is like six months of the UK year now, yeah. isn't it? But...
0: Unfortunately, yeah. You did a lot of um, like group rides on zwift didn't you? You you kind of jumped in with a lot of the, mm. the kind of tours and things like that.
1: Yeah. Which I, I mean, those that tour Swift is mm. just, Bonkers. you know, that was like next level. And I don't know whether like I, you know, I tried to do it genuinely, um you know, with my correct weight and things like that. And you think and you see some people, you are like, really. Um, but they were brilliant, and you know, I'd get off and I'd literally be dripping with sweat, on fire, steam coming off me. um And you could, like I say, you can't get that out on the road, yeah. not to that degree, anyway.
0: Yeah, I think there, there will always be a little bit of cheating on there. Like when I first went on, I'm mm-hmm. pretty keen on the hills, like I'm usually pretty good, and then I'd, I'd ride like a segment of the hill, and it's say like 14,000 people had been through this segment that day or something and I was about 12 south south, and I thought like "Mm, I'm probably a bit better than that in real life kind of thing and you think like oh
1: are people being a bit naughty on here yeah (laughs) but I just I don't get the cheating things like you're only cheating yourself really yeah Yeah, okay okay. you might beat me up a hill on a virtual climb but like if you went out onto the road would it still be the same Mm -hmm. maybe I don't know but like you say you know what you can do and it, you know roughly what I was doing on the turbo and what I can do on a hill outside kind of were roughly the same it's the same kind of wattages and things like that yeah so you're only cheating yourself really yeah
0: i actually um put my weight up because i was um i was racing it put me in a category b um which i was okay yeah. with so i was like yeah i'm in that and then it suggested that I go into the A category because of my power-to-weight ratio. And I thought, I'd never been competitive as a B. Why are you trying to put me in the higher group now? Like, I... And so I yeah. put 10 kilo on um, just to keep me out of the A category <laughs> so I could still sit in the B no. category. <laughs> Probably one of the only people on Zwift well, that's I did that. 10 kilo heavier than in real life. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I went, I, went I, did, I, I did try that Tour de Zwift this year but I just didn't have the energy to be honest because mm. I, I was actually recovering from long COVID mm. and I did the first one and it completely wiped me out and I was like wow this is uh, yeah not for me this year but the previous year I loved it I mm. just thought it was brilliant like and I, I, I always go in A and then you know I I could probably scrape top 100 finish mm. on it you know out of like I don't know a thousand people or something so I was pretty chuffed with that yeah. Um, But it is a good, it is a good training tool. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just like you say, it's it's one of there is going to be people on there that are cheating, but you kind of almost have to ignore it. Um, You know, like what what they're only cheating themselves. Like what are they getting out of it? I don't understand. It's it's not even real. So you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? But then I suppose it's a bit like Strava. When you think about that, we've always raced each other for imaginary crowns. That don't exist. And, you, and you're taking them off people you probably don't even know. <laughs>
1: yeah, 100%. Well, I, I've always said, and this is quite controversial as well, I think they should wipe the leaderboards like every five years, completely just reset them. Not the kind of this year, you know, overall. Like, why not just wipe them every five years? Because how many comms now were behind a lorry mm. or with a 40 mile an hour tailwind and things like that? And I just think it would spur everyone on you yeah. know if, if they got reset for five years say you know everything goes back to zero you've kind of got you've got all these roads that you ride to death um, that you could yeah, actually do you know what I could try again on this one now yeah because um, you know r- roads round by me I don't know Whereas well, like Larkstoke Hill it says I've been up there 286 times do you know what I mean like it's on my doorstep so yeah. obviously I would go around it but you know at some point you know, I think the time I've done on it, I had a twenty mile an hour tailwind. So, is it realistic? Probably not. But then, everyone else did it in that kind of situation. So, yeah, yeah, I do think they should reset it.
0: I think it's it's actually quite a good idea now saying that because I mean I've kind of lost interest a little bit with the the comms side of things. I'm not mm-hmm. really that bothered by it anymore because I, I actually my Strava was up for renewal in February, and I just thought. Do you know what? I'm I'm not that bothered, boy. I'll still log the the uh, the miles on it, like I want to, I want to do. I'll, I'll have a look through, see what everybody else is doing. I still want to be on there, but I wasn't that bothered with the the sort of KOMs and stuff because they seem too unrealistic. And I think it's kind of lost that I stole your mm-hmm. KOM kind of thing has has gone as well. That was always a big thing So I want to put a decent time in and people to try and beat it. But then, like you say, they've gone so unrealistic now with either tailwinds yeah. or drafting or just driving them
1: in a car holding a phone or something you know it's,
0: it's yeah. some of them
1: are or, well that and that's the thing isn't it like most of the time you know you get an uh-oh and you're like and you open it and they've oh, yeah. done like 130 miles <laughs> and they're in their car yeah. and you're like great thanks yeah, they, they, they forgot to press <laughs> not that pause. I get that many anymore they
0: forgot to press pause on the yeah. Garmin and they've just put it in the back of the car and just driven yeah. and just taken loads
1: yeah um yeah so yeah. and I've, Although this is class, this is classic uh, first world cycling problems isn't it yeah. it's like moaning about imaginary comms yeah. fastest times it's like yeah there's probably more to worry about in life but True. you know that's what a cyclist worries about yeah. anyway
0: like that's you you've got to love the stats haven't you that's the thing it's it's part of being a cyclist I think it's part of being a cyclist so it
1: is definitely
0: um one thing you you did a couple of years back I think we've had a couple of goes at Everest attempts. Would you have another mm, go?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird, isn't it? Because so and it, it was on Larkstoke, actually, funnily enough. And I was like, right, I'm going to do that. And I I underestimated how hard. I thought it, I would have. I thought I could do it. Mm. Like I knew it would be hard, but I, I went into it and I kind of started at four in the morning, and I I got a bit excited at the start, and I was going and I was going, and I got to. I was 10 hours in and I was like, this is starting to you know, really sting now. And uh, I think I was up to 20,000 foot. So I needed another, what, 6,000 or 8,000 foot. And I think it was 54 reps and I'd done 40. So I needed another 14 reps. And like, I just, I don't know, I was going up. I think I was on the 39th rep and I was crying. I was literally just crying. And I was like, why am I crying? I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just completely gone and then as soon as that happened my head went yeah. and that was it then and then all all my head was saying was just stop just stop just stop you're never going to make it you're not going to do it just stop 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 and of course you stop and you, everyone's like, oh that's amazing you know 100 miles on the same hill twenty thousand foot which does sound amazing yeah. but it wasn't that kind of you know and then um, so then i tried it again uh, and I, I picked the worst day because it was, like, one of the hottest days we'd had oh, wow. in the UK in 2020. I think it was just after lockdown had ended. And I tried it on Fish Hill, which is a busy road um, out of Evesham. And, again, like, you know, cars coming past. And the same thing happened. I got to, I think it was 120 miles, 20,000 foot, and my head just went again. And, uh, yeah, so, and then I did actually try it one more time, but I didn't tell anyone this time. I kept it quiet. And it was supposed to be dry, supposed to be nice. And I picked this hill over by Overbury. There's no cars on it. And uh, I I, I got there. It was not supposed to rain. Of course, it rained all night. So I was like, right, I'll carry on. I'll try it. And this private road, they'd let the sheep out on it. So there was sheep shit everywhere. The bike was filthy. I was freezing cold. It was raining. I did about five reps. And I was like, nah. I'm not doing this, <laughs> quit and get, went home and I haven't touched it since. Mm. So I, I just, do you know what? I just don't know if I can do it. I just, I, I don't know whether my ability, I think mentally is the problem. Yeah, And it seems to be that 20,000 foot every time. And then I crumble. I was going to say, so I, I would like to try
0: it again. Having that doubt, I think having that doubt and that thing in your mind that you've got that 20,000 where it kind of, You'll never get past it unless you believe you can. Mm. You've, you've got to think that you can do it before you will go and do it.
1: Yeah. Um, and I saw. I don't know if you follow Amy. Um, Cycling adventures. She. 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 Yeah. She. Yeah, and she. She. She smashed it and she did it, and I was like, wow. And it was kind of like, huh? Because <laughs> I, you know, obviously I've tried it. I know how hard it is. Mm. And uh, so all props to her for doing it. And it kind of made – it did make me a bit jealous, to be honest, because I was like, wow, you know, it can be done. And obviously mm. it can be done because, you know, thousands of cyclists have done it. But I think it's it's joining all those dots and, you know, perfect weather, not going too hard and all these kind of things. But it's hindsight, isn't it, really? I really wish the first time I'd carried on because I think I could have. Okay. But I think I was too worried about, oh, it's going to be in the, you know, I'm not going to finish till midnight or – it's gonna be another six hours and I was thinking about the long term as as opposed to just going, right, let's just do this rep and another rep and an-, do you know what I mean? Instead of being like catastrophizing, saying, Oh my god, it's gonna be another six to eight hours. Um but it is it's probably the it's easily the hardest thing I've ever tried okay. on a bike. Like I'd rather ride every day for a year again than ever. <laughs> okay. So that's a
0: no then, you're not gonna try that again.
1: <laughs> well no, I'm talking myself out of it. Oh. Um, I would love to do it. I just don't know whether mentally I can. <laughs> so, so... And that's okay. Like, I think it's all right to admit that you maybe maybe some things you just can't do. Mm. And I don't know, like you say, whether that's a mental block when I get to 20,000 foot or whatever it was. But there's, there's definitely something just not quite, you know, holding me back a little bit yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have you tried it? no, I've never attempted it and
0: then I was speaking to um what's Aiden on the other podcast um and he's doing a uh, in June, this is coming up um a world record attempt with it that they're doing the most amount of people to to try and achieve an everest at the same time um which currently sits at fifty oh, wow which currently sits at fifty five People um, and they've got a hundred starters at the minute, um, and that's in June this year. Mm-hmm. That's taking place. Um, he'd done one before, and he said it was the worst thing he'd ever done. So the only reason he's he's been talked into doing it again is because it's going to be a world record attempt. Mm-hmm. So you, you're officially sort of in the Guinness Book of World Records if if you're one of the the, yeah. the people that complete it. Um, so there's an added bonus to go for, really. Um, no, personally, I've never. Try, it's something I've always fancied. Um, for some reason, I thought I'd really punish myself and try and do an indoor one and an outdoor one and see which one was worse.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought, well, funny, actually, when I was the last time I was on drift, I saw someone, they were ever resting. Mm. Uh, I think it's that French climb. I can't remember what it's called now and uh they had it in their name and i was like yeah now i wouldn't want to sit on a turbo and do it either to be honest i think they'd both be equally hard and for different reasons yeah um because i've do is that so that is that 100 people doing it on all different hills no. i presume it's not the same
0: hill. I, d- I don't know we never really talked about it the specifics of it that much but because it's somewhere in the peaks they're doing it um because then yeah you think uh, for like logistically like you know, it's quite difficult if you're going up past each other all the time, mm. or you know, it could be a bit dangerous, yeah. um, especially as fatigue sets in as well. Because that's the one thing with the Everest, isn't it? You know, you need something that's reasonably steep to be able to get the elevation in in a sort of reasonable distance. But then at the same time, then that's a lot of power to put out. You know, and as mm. you're starting to and fatigue, and time, I had
1: it like it was like. I don't know. I, I always picked like 500 foot hills over a mile. Mm. But, you know, they were quite peaky hills. Mm. And like you say, if you pick a lesser hill, but well, then you've just got to do more and more reps. But whichever way I did it, it always ended up being about 2,000, 2,500 foot an hour. Mm. You know, I think that was my physical climbing limit that you couldn't do a lot more than that. You know, and you're thinking, oh, well, if I can do six reps in an hour, it's going to take this long. Mm. and that's yeah you can probably do six reps for the first three hours but then suddenly you're five reps you're four reps you're three reps and Um, and then taking breaks breaks
0: and stops into account as well just slows you down that bit because yeah you've done that amount of reps mm -hmm. in that amount of time but then you've stopped for x amount of time this one then you might only be able to fit five in before or however many in before you then need to be stopping more again and and whatnot and it just gets yeah. that bit more difficult all the time doesn't it i can imagine it's uh,
1: yeah all right it, it's something else. and then like i think the world record's just like is it eight hours or something eight hours it's, it's always seven ridiculous. and a half eight hours I
0: think. It, it's almost not worth looking oh, at and you're just like how? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah yeah and you're like how like i don't think i was even halfway I, I think to be honest i i was looking at between 16 to 18 hours of moving time right you know it didn't matter what what hill it was it, it that's what it would have been mm. um um this this welsh ride we did the other day we went from lamberis and we went up this uk climb called electric mountain mm. it goes it's from like lamberis to the top of i think it's a dam or, or something and it's it's about 1800 foot and at some point it turns into a closed road and it's a beautiful bit of road. But we, it was really windy when we did it. And again, that that kind of little thing in my head was like, Oh, this would be a good one to ever rest on. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it's there's no traffic and it's a nice, steady, consistent, smooth climb. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, there you like that'd be brilliant, but you've got to make sure you've got the weather on your side. Because, you know, when we went up it was so windy it was it, we were coming down it was so dangerous because we were just getting pushed all over yeah. the place uh both of us nearly came off because of the wind and obviously you know round there it's so hilly you're up in the mountains and the weather can change so quickly yeah. um yeah i'd seen on your um
0: you'd done an instagram reel about checking the weather and holding your bike and it was yeah. just your bike was just like swaying in the wind being pushed away i'd seen yeah. so yeah, yeah. Like, sort of 40 mile an hour winds at the top is a bit hairy isn't it really
1: and it, it, you know, and it. I turned around, and as I turned, it it pulled the sunglasses off my face. My my pock devours. They just ripped straight off my face, wow. and they went flying. And I was like, luckily, they did stop. But you know, they've got some scratches in now, which I'm a bit gutted about. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we 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 didn't pick the best day to do that.
0: Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's it. You plan these things, don't you? And then the weather just. But like you say, even up in the mountains, though. It can change so quickly anyway, so even if it is quite a nice day that w- th- that weather front can be brought in quite quickly um but the yeah. you kind of almost can't avoid going into these places though just because of that you know you've gotta get out there and get it yeah. done really as well because it looked absolutely. Amazing, obviously, you took the drone and whatnot as well, and you've got some fantastic footage of you descending. Um, and it's worth it just for things like that, isn't it? And just watching that back is just phenomenal.
1: So it was interesting as well, actually, because that that was at the end of the ride, and um, we, we got to the car because I didn't take the drone with me, and then I put it, in, and we had to go up the Lamberis Pass, and uh, and I he said my friend said oh you know can you be bothered and i was like not really but let's do it anyway (laughs) so we had this we had this last climb out of lamberis and it was horrible It's you know you're crawling along and we're doing all that just to get this 20 second drone footage but this is the kind of thing you, you kind of you're motivated to do because you want to almost i don't know like show it off almost mm. like for you know for Instagram and social yeah. media and that and that's the thing like you're pushing yourself to the absolute limit Uh and I nearly lost the drone actually because the it, wind caught it yeah. and it threw it, it, threw it across uh, I don't know if you saw that footage yeah, that and boom, I was uh, like it, oh my god it came
0: down didn't <laughs> it and then yeah it, it was off over there on the grass mm. and then I thought oh is it starting to cool up again yeah. and then it was like, like it must have cr- it's crashed it, it's crashed it's like yeah it's gone Um you also had a bit of issue with the with your, gra- your GoPro uh max that you dropped okay. as well so yeah was...
1: well again so to so, so the insta 360 camera you can put it in your mouth this is like a, a thing you know um so i thought i'll put it in my mouth to film the descent and uh, as i hit the cattle grid i think i don't know it, it slipped or it moved or mm. i forgot it was in my mouth and yeah it fell right. out and i like i you probably saw on the video, I was, yeah. I was absolutely amazed because it it's got two lenses either side and somehow not neither one of them got hit. And I was like, how did that? How? How? So I had two lucky escapes, really, and it was all for Instagram. It's, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's probably e- a bit but, uh, expensive bits of equipment yeah.
0: that you like risking there, but it's all for the gram, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask um, everybody on there as well, I'll probably know the answer to the first one, really. Are you a calf? Are you a calf? Stop, cyclist. Is that something you like to do?
1: Mm. See, I, my instant, my instant reaction is no, but then when I do stop, I do really enjoy it. But the only thing I'd say is it's really hard to get going again once I've stopped. Um, I feel like my body's like, oh, we're done with this now, are we? And then you get back on the bike, and it's really hard to get going again. Mm. Um, but I would say fifty-fifty so sort of yeah if i'm with a group yes if i'm on my own no
0: i'm exactly the same that that's the same for me as well i'd, I'd never even if i'd done a sort of solo 80 90 miler i wouldn't stop to have something to eat at yeah. a calf but like you say in a, in a group in that social aspect so what what do you tend to have if you do
1: stop oh I would have. I wouldn't have a coffee. I don't. I'm probably the only cyclist in the world that doesn't like coffee. Um, So I would have a can of coke and a cake. Good choice. Good choice. (laughs) Any cake, I wouldn't be fussy. Uh,
0: And uh, so, what's the dream bike, money no object?
1: Well, that's a good question. That's a hard question, actually. Do
0: you know what it is? There's a lot of good bikes out there um a lot of expensive bikes unfortunately now as well
1: um so yeah it... yeah see i would say because like i've probably i don't know like you could say I, i've always wanted this orca mm-hmm. aero so i could say that's my dream bike but it's you know it's not top spec it's all tegra mechanical um so yeah i don't know actually it's quite a tricky do you know what i've always i've always loved the scott foils as well mm mm-hmm and the new scott foil looks absolutely stunning so i'd say top of the line scott foil lovely good choice. that's what i'm going with good choice (laughs) good choice and then
0: speaking with the the sticking with the dream subject dream ride as in like road to ride on or area to go
1: cycling in that's another good one as well um do you know what it's? It's interesting actually because I've never been, I've never cycled abroad,
0: mm.
1: so I've never been to Majorca or France or anything like that. So I would probably just say, like, to be honest, for me it would be to go to Majorca and ride because you know everyone goes there. Uh, probably like ride the three one two or something like mm. that. um Otherwise, if it, if it was in this country, I'd say I'd just go to Snowdonia because I just think it's stunning, and it's three three hours away, um so it's a bit of a trek. But yeah, it's absolutely stunning.
0: Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Right then, Brad, thank you very much. I think we've come to the the end of our little chat now. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for
1: inviting me on. Yeah,
0: no problem. So thanks for that. So um, yeah, as I say, you must follow Brad on his Instagram. It's absolutely fantastic. So cyclingbrad underscore, give him a follow and um, see what he's up to. Thank you
1: very much. All right, cheers. cheers.
0: We just want to say a massive thank you again to Brad for his time. So it was absolutely fantastic speaking to him today. And it's nice to get to know the person behind the account as well, the behind his um, Cycling Brad account. If you don't follow him, because as we've talked about at the start of the podcast, a lot of people do. He's got sort of nearly 35,000 followers. And his account is just phenomenal. So it's well worth giving... Brad a follow so it's um, cycling Brad underscore cycling Brad underscore if you go and give him a follow give him some support it's always nice as I say listen to him on the podcast now so get to know that person as well behind the account so I've been Steve your host you can also follow me on Instagram at velo double underscore 21 that's velo double underscore 21 once again we really appreciate you for listening as well Keep uh, an eye out for the next episode. We have episodes coming out every Friday. This is the Velodrome Podcast. And we'll
1: see you again soon.